Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the uh, Johnny G Car Podcast. First off, I want to start a little bit differently today. I just want to thank all the listeners, the supporters, and obviously the guest speakers that I have on my show. Without without you, this would be uh, not as fun and obviously not possible. So thank you all for joining in. And on this episode, we go all the way to Warsaw, Poland with Ali from Flow Motion Fitness. This is a subject that deeply fascinates me. Um, basically, they are specialized in mobility, strength, and rehabilitation. This interview is freaking awesome. Go check it out. I'll put a bunch of links to her um, Instagram and website below, but I'll give you a heads up is www.flowmotionfitness.co.uk. Hope you enjoy the episode. It's honestly, it's awesome. And obviously, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Johnny G Car is Johnny J O H N N Y G Car is G I C A R for all the updates, IGTV stuff, picture stuff, info stuff. You'll find everything there. So Enjoy. I have a company called Flow Motion Fitness. Um, I've been doing mobility and rehabilitation online now for two and a bit years, maybe three years now online, but one-to-one -one with people for six plus years. So um, yeah, I started my whole journey because I was at a, co a coach at, a at the time, but I had a car accident and um, it caused three herniations in my back. That was actually my second car accident. So um, just FYI, I wasn't the one hitting people. It was... <laughs> Sounds bad. Um, but yeah, so I had nerve damage from the first one when I was 17. And then the second one I happened, I think I was 24 at the time or 23, maybe 24. Um, and that's when I had the three disc herniations. And uh, both times it was pretty bad. I, I could walk very well and it really affected my movement. And the doctors with the second one said, well, uh, you're not gonna be walking again properly. You're not gonna be moving. You're definitely not gonna get any better. You're gonna get worse actually. Um, mm -hmm. And as someone who previously was an athlete and now at the time was a coach, that was pretty scary and uh, I didn't really want to take that as an answer. So I went down this whole rabbit hole of looking into rehabilitation, movement and mobility and how it all works. And here I am. Um, so that's what, so those, those unfortunate uh, events, is that what led you to, uh, to uh, dive in deeper into the rehab and the whole movement? Uh... I don't think I would have looked into it otherwise. Um, okay. Even with the first accident, I didn't look into it that much. I just kind of got on with life and, and took uh, what the doctor said. So it was, a bad, it was a bad for good almost. Sorry? It was a bad for good. Yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. There was a massive silver lining with that. I mean, um, obviously it stopped me doing what I wanted to do, but I think it led me down a path of something that I really, really love um, that I don't think I would have found otherwise. That's awesome. Yeah, so I found you. Uh, I saw your profile, and uh, it was it was interesting to me because, um, well, two things. Uh, it wasn't just another 
person doing squats and and barbell curls. So there was a a little bit deeper than than what we usually see in the norm, and also um, uh, to give you a little background is I have uh, a little bit of uh, I was born with a little bit of scoliosis. Okay. So. Um, I've always had issues with that. Um, I've always been in the, like searching, okay, what's the best way to, uh, create movement and move more. And, you know, the stiffer you get, as they say, the word, the worse it is. So, yeah. Uh, so that's what, uh, intrigued me into, into looking you up and finding out more on what you do. Cool. Um, so how long have you been searching for answers with movement? <laughs> Forever. <laughs> Forever. And the, uh, the, the, um, the uh, thing that I found the, the most intriguing to me was, because, uh, you know, you've, you've researched uh, um, chiroprats and, and ergonomics teachers and the whole, the whole works of, of things. And then I came across this, uh, um, this man that probably you know, Ido Portal. Yeah. Okay. So I came, so I came across him and that kind of changed the whole perspective on, on things. And before, you know, it was the big gyms and lifting heavy weights and being an athlete myself growing up was, was a lot of like damage and pounding to the body over time. And now that I'm reached a certain age and I changed my career path, everything, all the issues are starting to come out. <laughs> so. So that's uh, that's the whole thing. So, what do you um, what do you specialize in in terms of rehab therapy? Is it pretty much everything, or pretty much everything? So, I work with my fiance who actually specializes in the shoulders and neck. Okay. Um, and I specialize in the spine, hips, and knees. And he specializes in the ankles. So, between the two and wrists. Hold on a minute. So, between the two of us, yeah. um, out of literally out our own experiences. So he's managed to uh, get injuries and go through accidents where he's managed to, all the things that I've just mentioned, he's had experience with, and that led him down that rabbit hole himself. Um, and with me, it was a very long journey. So we met when I actually still was in pain. Okay. And um, he was with me through the whole learning process. So uh, we both kind of just got obsessed with researching. Um, and going on courses and learning more. And then eventually uh, we realized like what you might learn at a university course or in a degree isn't necessarily the most up-to-date way of treating things. And there's a lot of horrific things that you see doctors say and do. Um, obviously, I think it's because they have to tell you the worst case scenario and they have to tell you what's going to happen if, say, you are a sedentary person. However, if you're an athlete and you are willing to put in the work, that's a very different story to what you can achieve with your body. Um, but if you look at the statistics, obviously, like 95% of people are not going to do it. And that's why there are all these horror stories around of, of what an injury can mean mm -hmm. um, or a, you know, even a diagnosis. So That's super, that's super interesting. It's a, it's a different perspective, and I think it's coming it's coming to the forefront a bit more where people are, are searching or, or identifying, you know, there's alternative ways around certain things and certain issues, which is, I think it's growing in popularity. Um, Definitely. And, and it is, it is like super important. I've always been, 
prone to go that direction. Um, but yeah, it's super, it's super interesting. And the, my only question to you is, you know, for regular people that let's say don't, um, don't have any accidents or, but they do have issues, um, with pains or stiffness or, uh, and they work out or they're on some sort of fitness regimen. What's their, what's their like top three things to do for your body? Like, what do you recommend like on a daily basis? I don't know if I have three, but I definitely have number one that I would recommend is getting a joint assessment. So when you go to a physiotherapist and they check your muscles um, and they go, okay, you have pain here and this muscle's not firing, this causes this pain. It's completely true. I mean, it's based off studies and the studies prove it. However, they're looking almost at the cause, not the cause, sorry, the symptom, not the cause. And the cause would be why are there movement imbalances and joint imbalances? So when I first started getting into this, this was like such a wormhole. I was like, there is so much to this, but there really isn't once you start looking into it. So the joints in the body obviously have to perform certain movements in certain degrees of angles. And that seems pretty obvious, but no one tests that. So for example, when I was um, being tested after the second accident, they were saying, you are passing all the tests. You are flexible. You are able to do this passively. You should be fine. However, you're in a lot of pain. You have back spasms, etc. And I was like, okay, well, how do I move better? I couldn't squat. I'd fall down. I could barely walk. I didn't have a feeling in my left side of my body. It was all kind of intense. I was like, I know I might pass the tests, but I'm not, I'm not well. Um, they didn't look into my joint function. So when I started studying it on, my, on myself, by myself, and I started testing it, and I, I got other people to help me, and I, I had a, whoa, <laughs> sorry. It's okay. Someone just threw a Frisbee at the window. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's, the best dis- that's the best distraction I've ever heard. <laughs> that was, right, where was I? Um, yeah, so when I started looking into joint range of motion, Um, I realized I had some very big deficiencies in what should be considered healthy range of motion. Um, So I realized, first of all, certain joints didn't move uh, in all the range, uh, in the full range they should. Um, So that was a problem. And then on top of it, why is then this muscle or that muscle not working well if your for example leg can't go back as far as it should into hip extension then you are going to be compensating with your lumbar spine it's all going to be pulling forward and then if you've got herniated discs there then that's, that's a nightmare um so obviously any exercise i was doing at that point was actually making me worse so i try to go for a run it hurt i couldn't walk more than 20 minutes i would get numbness down my legs and my hips would go on fire um there's all these interesting, for example, I couldn't squat because of course my hips were tilted and um, my hip extension was terrible. My hip flexion wasn't quite right. And I'm not entirely sure if I remember about my hip internal rotation at the the time, but probably it was off as well. The point is my hips weren't right and uh, my ankles weren't right either. So I was trying to go about normal life with these joints that didn't do their job. Mm-hmm. And then I was wondering why my injuries were so bad because we know that people can be scanned 
for herniated discs, and many people have herniated discs with absolutely no side effects. The times when that those side effects really come into play, so when you actually have a lot of pain with, say, scoliosis, herniated discs, anything else that you're finding, is when you've got compensations. Um, and people say this all the time, like form police, it's not good. And, and that's true. I don't actually agree with form police. Sometimes it's absolutely ridiculous. But the one thing that we do need to look at is joint function because that's something on its own. Okay. So that's, the thing I would recommend is get your joints tested. <laughs> and how, how does someone go about that? Is there, is, is that a specialist or? It is. Yeah. Okay. So there's a bunch of specialists that would know how to do that. People who have done the FRC course would know how to do that. Mobility coaches will know how to do that. Um, I have a bunch of videos on my YouTube. It's called joint assessment. I think that's what it's called on my YouTube. Um, and the way I work with clients online is I send them these videos and they, they basically just record themselves doing the tests and send it back to me, which works just the same as if I would be in person with them, because if I'm in person with them, I have to record them anyway, so that I could pause the video and test exactly the angle. So it doesn't really make any difference whether it's online or in person. Um, but as much as, as, yeah, but it doesn't matter if you see someone in online or in person, as long as they test that first. Um, and then if you are talking to a specialist, and that specialist can then look into what may have caused that. So there's always causes like repetitive motions or, or to being stagnant too long, which will cause those joints to start functioning that way. Um, so for example, if say you are a driver and you are constantly pushing the clutch in traffic, um, you will have a difference in that hip um, and that can explain it. Footballers have it, um, skiers have it. Like there's always these differences that you can find from, for a reason. Um, and then you can start working on it to try to basically undo the damage of whatever that repetitive motion or static motion, static behavior was. That's super interesting. And, and my, my question in listening to all this and, you know, with, um, being sedentary or, or vice versa, uh, going to the gym and always doing the same movements over and over and over and just doing uh, let's say the barbell press every single day that you're at the gym. I'm yeah. assuming that that would also have a, some sort of an impact on, on your joints. So no, so strength training is fantastic. The okay. problem with it is when you're doing it with, without, with compensations. So if you are a very aware person, you'll know where your range of motion is and what you should work with. Mm -hmm. um, however, not many people know about this. So they, go about it all wrong and I used to not know about it and I used to do the same thing. So for example, if you lack shoulder flexion and you go into an overhead press, you then, um, if you are, if you have good shoulder flexion, you'll end up hitting your back will be straight with your If you don't, then you're going to end up, that's your range of motion, so you're going to compensate with your thoracic in your lumbar and then you're going to end up wondering why the weight is bearing in your joints and you're not even thinking about that. Mm -hmm. um, it's not the worst thing to put weight overhead when you have a bent spine as long as you train for that. But if you're compensating, that's a different story and if you're not aware of it. So yeah, strength training is a fantastic tool as long as you are working um, with the range of motion that you do have and you're increasing your range of motion separately in a linear fashion so that when later you go back to load it up, you can handle it. 
And mm. that's why I combine so many different types of training because I think strict, strength training is extremely important. It's one thing I don't agree with is just doing mobility, 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 and then just becoming super flexible and having some kind of control at end range, but not necessarily adding weight because obviously we all know that adding weight and having extra muscle on the body has a big difference in your life expectancy and health. So, um, I'm a massive fan of basically functional bodybuilding. Um, that's probably not a great term, but I think you know what I mean. By yeah, that. exactly. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's super interesting, uh, full of, um, insights and wisdom that I'm uh, just soaking in, which is fun. And, um, we'll definitely, uh, we'll definitely tell the, my listeners there were to catch you, whether it's on, uh, on YouTube or Instagram. And, um, in terms of, uh, as we know that we're in different, uh, we're in different places right now, as we're speaking, I'm in Montreal, Canada, where, uh, winter is gearing up very quickly. Yeah. Um, uh, is there any, any difference in terms of, you know, this whole joint issues? Cause a lot of people say, you start feeling your joints, so do I, during very damp seasons or mm -hmm. cold seasons. Um, mm -hmm. Is there something that you've seen uh, in your practice that may... Uh... Help? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so amazingly, red light therapy has been shown to um, alleviate uh, osteoarthritis symptoms and stuff like that in joints. Also, what you're probably feeling is when you're cold, your muscles just stiffen up. And if, say, you do have any form of tightness in certain ranges of motion, so for example, if you sit down all day and you're in hip flexion all the time and your hip extension is not fantastic and you start getting cold and you're, you're still, you know, you're driving to work, you're sitting at work, you're in hip flexion all day, um, then what can happen is obviously the anterior chain of your body, so, you know, the front of your abs and your, your hips, they start tightening up. In the cold, they tighten up more and you're feeling that muscle pull on your joint and it's unpleasant. So a lot of it could be that, cool. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's interesting. And um, we're going back to, I want to go back to uh, that rabbit hole that you were talking about. What geared you or what, what forced you into looking into uh, joints more yeah. than muscles? I don't know. Um, I think in the beginning I was working with physios that were explaining to me uh, in terms of the skeleton or what happened to my body. And that was interesting, but it didn't give me any answers or any, any practical things to do. Um, then I happened to be working with two coaches who were absolutely fantastic and they were helping me along. They were much further along in their career than I was. So I was taking their advice, going on the courses, reading the books that they were recommending. And somehow, <laughs> somewhere along the line, I started looking into this stuff. Um, I really have no idea where it came from. Um, it's such a long time ago now. But, uh, yeah, it's, I think probably it started with actually with gray cook and functional movement screens. Hmm. That's where it all began. And that's quite an old system, but it's still quite relevant today. Um, I still use some of it. Um, I don't use it on its own. I don't think it's enough, but likewise, I don't think joint assessments are enough on their own either. So someone can pass a joint um, range of motion test quite well and then you put them into an overhead squat and there's a very different story so I like seeing the body uh, in as many different tests as possible and the, the story then together adds up and I think one thing that I haven't read about and this is just something I've started doing is 
um, getting a background of movement history and injury and what the person does. And I spend about an hour with each client when I first meet them, getting to know them and, and what their body's done because although this is not in, in books as such, I think this is the key to finding out why things happen. Um, over the years when I've been working with injuries and people, the strangest things would come along. So people would pass all the tests um, and yet they'd have a strange lean to one side in a squat and I'd be like, well, that's unusual. That shouldn't be happening at this point. We've done everything we should do. Um, and then I realized with this person, her accident happened in that position I was putting her into and her body was naturally remembering it. So it's amazing how... Your body will have these memories that you might not even have because this happened when she was about four or five years old mm-hmm. um, and this lady was 30-something. So um, there, there are very interesting things going on in the body that uh, haven't been documented extensively, but um, there are definite patterns I've seen over the last six, seven years with people and that I think the most important thing is if you have a practitioner working with you um, and they're not looking into your history and not really looking into your story, um, then they're missing a massive part of what could be the cause of, of the problems. Yeah. It's fascinating how, what, what the body can do and, 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 uh, represent, you know, after certain times. So what's your typical, um, let's say you do meet a patient, somebody comes to you and says, what's your typical way of, of, um, assessing or, uh, the client and learning about the client and how, in helping them. So in the beginning, it's the joint assessments and the functional movement screens. And then I do other movement and joint specific tests just to rule out other stuff. So the testing is extensive in the beginning. Um, And then the consultation is quite extensive as well. It takes like an hour just talking, asking questions Mm -hmm. and trying to get to the bottom of what's going on. And then it's like a sort of ongoing process because... um, I use an app to coach people where my videos are on there and I, I, I give them you know, uh, details of what they're meant to do, but they can send me back pictures and videos. So they send me back pictures and videos of what they're doing, especially in the movements that they find difficult, not everything. Um, and that's then like an ongoing analysis because watching someone move and watching someone change, you can see how their muscles are starting to gain range of motion. You can see how, oh, this movement this person lacks um, any kind of strength or range of motion in their QL. Let's work on that separately. So we work on that separately. Then we go back to the movement and we'll see how the movement starts improving over time. Um, so really I'd say it's an ongoing process with someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't matter where their starting point is. They all go through that process um, of analysis and then gradual adaptation. Perfect. It sounds uh, super interesting. So what's your typical uh, um, workout regimen? Or I see that, you know, you, you have a lot of different types of exercises in your, uh, in your repertoire, if you want to call it. So it's pretty interesting to, uh, to, to look at. Yeah. So you mean, what, what do I do? Yeah. Okay. Typically, Uh, not specifically, but and a nice overview of, uh, uh, that's hard because i do do crossfit style workouts sometimes but i i only do them with movements that i'm comfortable comfortable with Mm -hmm. the movements that i've trained for years um otherwise i don't i don't end up compensating under pressure um but i do a lot of 
um, end range strength work and um, kind of, I'd say it's like movement stuff. You, you know what I mean? If you follow the movement hashtag, you realize people are doing like deficit split squats and they're trying to do like calisthenics mixed in with like a bit of weight. So I'd say um, I do add weight and I do love strength training. Um, but I also like calisthenics and I also like Metcon style workouts and um, I'm just trying to make my body as healthy as it can be for longevity. So that's including things like hit workouts as well occasionally. So I'm just trying to hit um, end range with my joints. Uh, I want my joints to be healthy and strong. Um, I want to create skills. So I'm working on several different skills at a time. Um, I do want to be strong, so I am also lifting heavy. And I'm doing hit work. So my whole week is, there can be days I do no weightlifting. I just do cardio. And there'll be days I do mainly mobility and brain strength stuff. And there'll be days I'm focused completely on strength. Um, and then I use my HRV tracking and my sleep tracking to dictate when I do each. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a massive mix of stuff. Interesting. So where can, um, where can people go search you and find you and and get in contact with you if so i have a website called um flowmotionfitness.co.uk um and you can also find me on youtube uh, under flow motion fitness and on instagram i am halinka heart super cool and let uh, let people know where you located right now <laughs> right now um okay so at this very moment i'm in warsaw poland um but uh usually we're in Tarifa, spain and we are going to be heading back there at some point uh we used to live in the uk so you know <laughs> you're everywhere but you're reachable online so that's super yes. cool. yeah most reachable online <laughs> so my 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 favorite question to ask um when I have uh, when I interview my guests is what motivates you, and second question is where do you see yourself in ten years from now? Okay, what <laughs> motivates me? Um, technically, what I think of a lot is this lady I know in Norway who's sixty five years old, and she is a beast. She does the kind of training I do. Um, she she's just. A whole new level of human being if I can reach the age of 70 or 80 doing stuff that she does that's what that's where I want to be so I'm thinking of when I'm 80 mm -hmm. I want to be doing this stuff I want to be deadlifting planching doing pull-ups and stuff at that age nice. um, so that's what motivates me um, and where do I see myself in 10 years time hmm. um, yeah hopefully I'll be in Spain and I'll stop moving around. Um, and uh, yeah, just be more consistent with running my retreats and courses and workshops in person because as much as I love online training, I do miss humans. Um, so uh, it'll be nice to have both. <laughs> yeah, super cool. Okay, so very good. I would like to thank you for being a, a super fun and informative guest. Uh, it was super interesting for me. Hopefully it will be for everybody else and they know where to get in contact with you. So I'll keep, uh, I'll keep uh, reaching out to you and uh, touching base and you'll probably hear from me with my scoliosis. So. Yeah, I'll more about that story for sure. So thank you very much. Have a wonderful day. Cool. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.